1: And a warm welcome back to the Friday Five, my weekly dive into the wonderful world of well-being. And it's great to be able to share so much of the good stuff with so many of you here. So wherever in the world you are listening to me right now, a very warm welcome indeed. Now regular listeners may remember that a couple of weeks ago I quoted a great article in none other than Horse and Hound magazine, that illustrious publication perhaps not best known for its midlife hormonal research features but it was a brilliantly written piece all about how falling hormones in midlife are adversely affecting our equestrian community. Well listening to that was one of the women quoted in that article, dressage competitor Caroline Wilson, who had mentioned how taking HRT had enabled her to carry on competing. And she got in touch after the show to say... Hi, horse and hound. Amazing that you brought this up on last week's Friday Five. I am Caroline Wilson, the dressage rider who had so much to thank you for in helping me realise that I wasn't going potty. I think many women riders can be affected by peri and menopause as we can go on competing until much older age. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love you to cover more about women at this age in sport. I should have said that I've now gone back to competing for the riding club team successfully, and I've put that ghost to bed. I've also given many girlfriends your Truth About HRT ebook, as it was the best £5 I ever spent. Well, thank you very much, Caroline. Lovely to get feedback. Thank you very much indeed. It's always great to hear from you after the show. And yeah, it was a very, very interesting piece and very timely too, I think, with so much happening in the news at the moment about HRT shortages, the scandal of women not being prescribed testosterone and more, more of which, of course, anon. But talking of brilliant books, I'm delighted to be introducing this week's guest, a very old and dear friend who has a new beauty and wellness book out. Uh, We know each other from TV days, actually, when we used to share a breakfast TV sofa from time to time, hers being a very much bigger TV role than mine. She is, of course, none other than Anthea Turner, a name very familiar to listeners in the UK who will know her for her TV career spanning over three years decades, starting off on the much-loved classic children's TV show Blue Peter, before moving on to be a main presenter on GMTV, alongside our dear mutual friend, the TV legend Eamon Holmes, still, I have to say, the only person in the world, other than my mother, who refers to me as Elizabeth whenever I see him. And he is, of course, now the host of the Breakfast Time show over on the GB News channel. Well, Anthea is also still a regular on our TV screens from Daredevil adventure shows such as The Jump to Dancing on Ice, by way of a number of housekeeping programmes, she is a compulsive tidy-upper, as we shall be hearing. Well, she's been in the public eye for over 30 years, not that you would think that to look at her. If ever there is a female equivalent to Peter Pan, I always think that Anthea would fit the bill perfectly. And her new book, just out, is called How to Age Well, The Secrets, and she joins me now to reveal, if not all, then a very large part of it. I do hope that you're sitting comfortably because we're in for a fun and very lively chat. So, Anthea, my good friend, a very warm welcome to my Friday Five podcast. Thank you for joining me across the airwaves.
2: Oh, it's so good to be here. Although, of course, it's odd because I talk to you all the time.
1: (laughs) Do you know, we... We do. And uh, I I love you for that. You are a brilliant friend to a lot of people. I have to say that you are an absolute wonderful woman. And it's very nice to be able to talk to you uh, about something work related for a change. So, is it work?
2: Is is it work? Is, Is it work?
1: Well, we, we can do a bit of both. We can have a good old lecture. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> but, you know, I, I brought your book. You've got this great new book, How to Age Well, The Secrets. And I brought it out with me to Kenya. It's in my packing. And do you know, I can be really honest with you because you are a good friend, and I know I can say this to you. I kind of left it to one side and I thought, well, Anthea's beauty book, yeah, I go, you yeah, know, I'm not going to learn very much from that, obviously. Um, it's probably going to be, but, you know, a bit about lip gloss and, you know, hair fluffing <laughs> and that kind of thing. Sorry, you know, but I, I can say this as a friend. Anyway, I have been diving into it and I think it is brilliant. And, you know, what I really loved about it was when you open up on page one and page one, I was expecting to you know see a bit of kind of meh about skincare or whatever. You go straight in with the menopause challenge. I mean, it is right there. Page one, the very first line you talk about going through the menopause in your 50s. And I just think that's so fantastic that this is a whole book about ageing well and the secrets. And you're like a target that just goes straight in there. Because it's such an important part
2: of our lives. I think as soon as you start tipping into those late 40s, early 50s, where you know things are changing... This is where you have to really think about future-proofing your life and how you want to live it and how you want to spend those years, these wonderful years that we have healthily and not put health and well-being to one side. And menopause is all about our health. It's pertinent to women, obviously, but it is vitally important in the way that we get through these years these years that I'm in that you're in I'm a little bit senior to you so I I've got I've, I've got a, a few years of knowledge and you know one of the reasons that I felt propelled to write this was obviously hitting 60 because I can life makes more sense backwards so I have an opportunity at 60 to look back but also to look forward and understand, and I know we've talked about this privately before, and and see my mortality. And people often say, don't they? They go, "Oh, yeah, Joe, you look so good, doesn't it? You know, fifty. Sorry, sixty is the new fifty. It's not sixty. Sixty, and numbers don't lie. And at sixty, not necessarily on my sixtieth birthday, but I tipped sixty. All of a sudden, in that year, between 60 and 61, when I started scribbling, I things changed. Not actually physically so much necessarily. You know, a year is just a year, but mentally it started to change. And I started to think of my health. And you know, when you say that older people will always say to us, Oh no, health is so important. I start saying that to absolutely everybody. Your health and well-being, there's nothing more important. And it's not being selfish either and because we're women we think it's being selfish no it's not being selfish because we still have so many people who depend on us being strong
1: Mm. you are just talking so much sense and I think through the pandemic one of the things that we've learned more than anything is that health is wealth and without it we we literally have nothing um and prioritizing that and prioritizing our health which which is why when you've written a book about aging well and about you know it does have a lot of great stuff in there about skincare and lipsticks and fashion and all of that but you know to really put that health piece up front can we talk a little bit about your own personal journey and also i think what's very interesting for other women is your hormonal experience because you went through many bouts and rounds of unsuccessful ivf when you were younger and going into hormonal change in your forties or fifties, I mean, what did all that look like for you?
2: Um, I think uh, when you you and remember when I went through th- the menopause, when I was right in its in its eye, I was fifty. As uh, you know, periods start getting a little bit weird in your very late forties, but I, I was really I was about fifty two, fifty three um and i think the saddest thing for me even though i was far too old really to be thinking about children i you know you never completely shut that door you think it's still open. I, I, I did shut that door somewhere in my mid 40s and thought, come on, move on, Anthea. Just, you know, if you're not careful, you'll just ruin the rest of your life thinking about what you haven't got instead of all the things that you have got. And I was very lucky that I um, have three amazing stepdaughters who are very much part of my life. So I have been able to, to feel and love and know what it's like to have those young people in my life. Uh, and they were only two, five and six when they entered my life. And and they have been a huge um, cushion for me uh, and a place to give, you know, my, my love and nurturing.
1: And vice versa. Um, you, you, you've been phenomenal, <laughs> I know, in, in, in your input in bringing up those
2: beautiful girls too. But, but of course, when you go through the menopause, it's not just what's happening to you medically. It's what happens to you emotionally because all of a sudden... You feel that that whole woman bit has completely and utterly that's it it's closed down the the shop is shut the door's locked it's bolted walk away now and and for all of us, I think that takes that takes a little while to assimilate and to understand of course you do, and of course you move on, thank goodness I'm a Gemini because that's what you do you go right okay then let's just Let's just, let's just see what, this is what's going on. And actually I always say to people, understand it. It's like, you know, you and I have a, a sort of television journalistic background or just understand what you're talking about or understand what's happening, the bigger picture of it, and it will help you. So I did what I could to read and try and understand the menopause, but you know, there wasn't much around. And even then, There actually wasn't that much around. I really had to search. I went to see my doctor who prescribed me tranquilizers um, because unfortunately at the time I was going through the menopause, my marriage was also falling apart. So to be honest, I wasn't quite sure which to be most worried about. And which was the menopause and which was which was just to do with, you know, obviously having to face the thought of divorce. So it was all, to me, if I look back on it, it's just the most, it was just the most terrible time. Thankfully, thankfully, I found a doctor who said, you don't need tranquilizers. You need HRT. And she put me, and it was on the tablet form of HRT, um, and it changed my life. But I was very lucky to find that lady.
1: You absolutely were. And I I think what's very interesting about what you're saying there, and you write about this so candidly, and I think that's why so many women love you, because you are so straightforward and so open about it. Because you say that in your 50s, um, you did try and talk to your then husband about it, Grant, but you say he wasn't interested. You said you even wrote him a letter, which you found years later when you moved and unbeknown to you at the time he'd just taken up with a 24 year old and you say of course he wasn't interested in his sweaty dull wife's problems and you 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 say in the book in the letter I told him I just want you to know what's happening I said this is what's happening to my body and I'm so sorry I'm just not being myself and I think so many women will relate to that and Hopefully not as many will have their husbands running off with a 24-year-old, but it must have been a, a really mixed time for you to not be able to separate what was hormonally, physically symptomatic and, and what was emotionally wrapped up in the divorce. Oh, completely and utterly. And I, I, when I found that letter,
2: I, I did then throw it away um, because it, it hurt me so much because I was the other side of it and I found the letter. I found the letter and it was the house that we were selling. And and it was there in actually his bedside drawer. And I pulled it out. What's it? Oh, my gosh, that's my writing. And reread it. And of course, it all came back to me. It came flooding back to me. That feeling of total desperation, but also not understanding your own body, not completely understanding what was going on, trying to understand and then making sure. And I think this is where... We are are in such a good place now or a better place, should I say, that my girls who are in their 20s know about the menopause and they understand it because I've talked to them about it, what's going to happen, and that sometimes if they've had a problem, one of my girls has had a, a little bit of a problem with somebody that she works with who's in her late 40s, early 50s. And I said, I can tell you why she's acting like this. So please don't take it personally. And it's not her fault either. She is going through a very stressful time. And we talked about the menopause and she understands. Now, years that, that never happened to you and me. It just didn't. Because we couldn't have those open conversations, but also men are coming into it now and understanding it and hearing about it and reading about it because it's, it's, it's everywhere. It could still be in more places and there could be more understanding. But thankfully now through people like yourself and lots of people that you and I know, um, it's not a taboo subject.
1: It's it's amazing to see how the narrative has changed relatively quickly over the last few years. And there is still a long way to go for sure. But certainly, you know, I used to feel very nervous, particularly working in TV like you, to even mention the M word, because I was very afraid that I would be cast as somebody who was past it, old, decrepit, not capable. Um, And I guess you must have felt that, too, that it it was almost a risk, a, a kind of a business risk, a career decision. Am I going to mention this or not?
2: Oh, completely. And for my generation, it was a risk having a child, which is probably I should have tried a long time ago, um, because maybe I I think my eggs are fine. They just ran out. Um, so that was a risk. And that was something you didn't do. Whereas now it's a completely different story with having children whilst you're working. And in fact, for some people, it's been a career move. <laughs> um, but, but equally so, the menopause as well. So my, my little generation has hit both of those where it, was, it wasn't cool to have a baby and it wasn't cool to talk about sweating. <laughs> because both both of those things you feared for your job
1: well of course there's so much more to the menopause than sweating and you know I'm very fortunate and I've never had a, a hot flush or a hot sweat but I have had sleep disturbances and, and you know mood changes and that's kind of what, mm-hmm. what got it for me one of the things that you talk about in the book is a real hot topic at the moment in terms of HRT and that's testosterone and there's this huge campaign isn't there to try and get this female hormone, we, we make more more testosterone in our ovaries than we do estrogen. So it's very much a feminine hormone, although it's thought of as being purely male. Mm -hmm. At what point did you start taking testosterone and why? And what difference do you find?
2: It was when I I met Louise Newson, and it had never really occurred to me before. I didn't know too much about it. And I was lucky enough to be at a talk that she did in fact I was chairing it I, I came in at the very last minute and it was one of those things you go thank you sometimes the universe just pops you little presents and I chaired this talk and there was Louise Newsom and Nick Panay and it, it was a revelation to me and so obviously afterwards I said I would like to see you and can we talk about this and can I just understand so I obviously then and researched it and she said absolutely and I take a little it's a P amount of testosterone. Each day. And again, it's it's like all of these things in life and in my book. It's not one thing you do, it's a whole collection of things that you do that make you feel better, that make you feel the best you possibly can in your environment. And testosterone for me is definitely one of them.
1: Do you know, Anne, one of the things I love about you is your modesty. Listening to you say that, you say, yeah, I was I was at this talk and then you actually say, well, actually, I was chairing it. You know, I mean, <laughs> that is that is so typical of of, of somebody who sort of undersells themselves. themselves. Um, but let's move on from testosterone, which I know is is such a game changer for so many women in terms of cognitive function and memory and obviously libido exactly. and, and sexual interest and all of that. And you you are now engaged. You're going to get married for the third time. In your 60s. This is so yes. exciting. And it, it's a huge amount of hope, I think, for a lot of women, myself included, uh, who may be listening to this thinking, you know, is that it? You know, is anything going to happen in the future? Am I going to meet somebody? I'd love to hear how you met Mark, what that was like. I mean, was it a coup de foudre? Was it like love at first sight? And how is it dating when you're older?
2: What yes. It's exactly the same as dating when you're younger. It really is, you know. I, I, I fell in love in my. I, I was. When did we meet? I was. I was fifty nine. I was fifty nine. I was still in my fifties. I was fifty nine, and it, it. I have to say, yes. If you could bottle a little bit of passion, a little bit of love, it does. It does show on your face. I'm convinced, or maybe <laughs> I'm just looking at the wrong mirror. Um, I um, I was set up on a blind date by a friend of mine and I was so adamant that I wasn't going to go on this blind date and that um, that I, in fact, I was too, too scared, really, and that she came with me. So, uh, and I, I, she came with me to make sure I went on this blind date, and I met Mark, and when you meet Mark, he's just, he's a bundle of fun, and he's just got that thing that went straight to me into my head and I thought, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. I, I, I do want, do you know, you know that thing on, um, what's that dating program? First dates, isn't it? And they go, do you want to meet again? And, and then of course you start thinking, what if he doesn't want to see me again? I quite like this man. You know, all those silly things that go through your head when you're 17 or when you're 27 or 30 they still go through your head when you should be older wiser and know a huge amount more about life when you're 59 but they all went through my head so I'm pleased to report back that we never really grow up not really that person that kid is still inside us who gets a little bit frightened a little bit excited and um and when he when he said when he started and said, well, I'd like to see you again. Can we make some arrangements and things? It was quite a relief. <laughs> and then that first kiss, and it was just exactly as exciting as that first kiss that you have when you are, I remember having my first snog at 14. It's just as exciting. Um, and I mean, we're, we're very, I consider myself very lucky that Mark and I have found each other. Thank you, universe, um, for putting us together. Um and lockdown pushed us together even more because we met just the year beforehand, uh, really pushed us together. I made a decision. So we had to move. We had to be somewhere together, obviously. So I moved into his house. The poor man had me in his house through lockdown. So three months of turfing
1: out every drawer in the house. Oh, Mrs. House Tidy. Oh, my goodness. How did that go down? That, that could have been a make or break <laughs> moment, really. Well,
2: I th- I just thought at the end I thought Mike if he can cope with me for three months going through his wardrobe, his sock drawer, absolutely everything up in the loft, I, he nicknamed me Anne Frank in the end. Um, that and just turfing, sorting because what else was I going to do? You know, I got I just leave me in somebody. Well, actually, so this sounds terrible, doesn't it? Leave me in somebody else's house and I'm going to tidy it up, but um, I just can't. I couldn't help myself. I just couldn't help myself I reorganized it but I think he was quite happy about it
1: well, and clearly because it's it's all going well <laughs> thinking about dating again when we're older obviously there are physical changes in our bodies yeah. you know, we, we don't look the same yeah is it very daunting kind of having to you know take your clothes off and get undressed in, in front of somebody who's that bit older or do you think actually as we age we kind of get used to it and we're happy in our skin I mean I, I would be a little bit challenged by that if I'm honest
2: I think um did of course you do. Absolutely. You know, I think two people taking their clothes off the first time. is a little bit, you're, you know that you're checking somebody from the outside with their clothes on and then you're, and then you're, you're looking at them. They're looking at you. But honestly, I think when it comes to passion, you just rip your clothes off and get into bed. <laughs> I don't really think. I think all that goes out of the window very quickly. It really does. And then, and then, you know you realize that neither, neither of you really well both of both of us i think probably look better with our clothes on than our clothes off and that goes for most people really <laughs> we, we do all come to an age where you look better with your clothes on <laughs> but um yeah, I, th- I think passion takes over but also let's remember that because we have been taking our HRT, all the little bits, because we are all very good at recognising what's going on on the outside because we see it, but what's going on on in the inside of us when it comes to the ageing process is vitally important. And if only we could sort of unzip ourselves, have a little look around and zip ourselves up. Um, because I, and I, I, when I talk about this, I go, just, just think, for every wrinkle that you see on your face, There's a wrinkle on your bones as well. There's one on your your muscles and every everything else. So this is why we need to take good care of what we put into our mouth and how and our exercise. And and it's all I go back to saying it's not one thing, it's a whole myriad of things, but food, exercise, and life and friends and optimism and All of those and laughing and all of those things that we need to sort of harness together um, to grow old well. Because these years, unfortunately, are your dilapidating years. This is where you buy a nice new car. Most but a lot of people swap it every two years because they don't want the hassle of it breaking down. But this this is these are the years. Let's make (laughs) <laughs> you know then we can't flower this up anywhere where things start to go wrong but what you can do is you can future proof quite a lot of those little things that go wrong we can't legislate for everything we really can't we don't know what's around the corner however if we make and I know you and I sort of work on this I it's the 80 20 rule if 80 percent of our decisions are good ones then we've got 20 percent for that nice glass of wine and that chocolate and those other things when we think i can't be bothered to exercise today but work on 80 20 and that's all you have to do and then and actually it becomes second nature
1: here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue
0: another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states
1: I think that's really sound advice and other great bits of advice as I read through your book, coming back to talking about the wrinkles on the inside and and the hidden side of things that we can't see and the food and all of that is, of course, gut health. And I was thrilled. I I honestly hadn't expected to see it, but I I suddenly saw my name on the page (laughs) saying, and my friend Liz who bangs on about gut health... (laughs) She's been going on and on and on and on about it for years. Uh, and then, th- th- then I did that sneaky thing. I actually looked myself up in the index, uh, and found that I was was just above Liv Tyler. So I thought, well, that's good. That's very good company. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for including me. <laughs> Love it.
2: I have learned. I've learned obviously so much from you, and by osmosis, it did go in. Um, and then, of course, I was lucky enough, via yourself, to um, discover uh, The Chuckling Goat. Oh, yes. Um, and Chan Nix, and read her book, and see what she had achieved by fixing the guts of her, her husband and her son. Um, we talk about it a lot now, it, it's, it's in the press constantly, um, and I urge anybody you know I talk about it a little bit in the book but I just urge anybody to please go and research it you've written so eloquently about it so that noise behind is Soho he's my French bulldog making crazy noises if you can hear anything he's such a snuffly
1: one that one (laughs) he's such a chatterbox (laughs) um
2: and Soho come on hey
1: hey Soho
2: (laughs) Cat, you can hear your voice.
1: So uh, talking about um, Sean Nixon and, and chuckling goats, she has the amazing goat kefir. Is that something that you drink or do you make your own or what What, what do you do to get your probiotics every day?
2: Right. I, I do drink her kefir. I'm a subscriber. So I get my kefir fix from her. It comes in a box and I love it. Um, but I'm also the prebiotic as well. And I would say then that every, every that's my morning. That is my morning, and I, I, I think now. This is you know how do we, how do I understand it? I look at food now because I've learned so much, and I think, are you good for my guts or are you bad for my guts? And again, I go back to as long as I do eighty percent, you're very good. Then that wine, Prosecco, whatever it is, I'm going to drink is okay. And of course, I've got a food tooth, and of course, I like this, but I control it um and i and and i do look at food that is the way i look at food now and you know the dieting industry is huge a lot of it you really you don't need to read just eat real food just eat food you can see cut down on processed food all the white stuff cut it out and that's actually the easiest way to stay healthy it's the old fashioned way of eating it's before supermarkets started filling us with processed food just go back to natural normal food
1: and then in terms of supplements and, and, and you write quite a lot about nutrition and you've got great experts also contributing um, to the book are there supplements food supplements that you take every day that you swear by I um,
2: I'm one of these people you know I can never quite work it out and I say this in in my book I, because Dr. Hillary once said to me, be careful with supplements. Otherwise, you're just going to have very expensive weed. Um, so, <laughs> so and that little various things that you've said to me and he said to me a sort of sort of ring in my ears. Um, so I'm, I'm careful with it. I don't think I'm too silly about it, but um, I do for my bones. I, I'm a, I've am been taking vitamin D before it was the vogue to take vitamin D when we all realised how important it was, especially in our fight um, with protecting ourselves from COVID. And of course, I'm one of those people who would say, if you really want to protect yourself, boost your immune system. So everything that I take is to look after and care for my immune system. And I would say that it's a very good immune system. I rarely go down with anything, um, and that's got nothing to do with COVID. Although I haven't had it yet, so maybe maybe it is all working.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean for sure. There are yeah lots of studies, you know, to say that those who have you know high levels of vitamin D, for example. Um, seem to be better protected there are studies to look at things like lactoferrin um, vitamin c zinc you know all all of those all of those suspects so so yeah so So mine
2: exactly all of those that you've mentioned yes i take so i i take the big guns of course i do um and they are my insurance policy to make sure that i am getting the right amounts anything else you'll just you'll just your body will deal with it in a time-honored fashion um but i do but i do invest as well in a good quality which i think is very important um you and, and i've 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 i understand the bottles somewhat more than i used to of actually what you're getting but i do tend to keep to good quality brands
1: yeah i, I think that's that's very wise And then moving on from sort of looking after the inside, obviously, you talk a lot about the outside. You've got great tips for thinning hair and older hair and ageing skin. And unusually, I think, for somebody so much in the public eye, you talk very openly about tweakments and procedures, about things like Botox and fillers. When did you start using these and and, and what are your favourites and why?
2: Well, I would say if I had to put something at the right at the very top, it has to be Botox. Um, I was one of the first people to start using Botox. I felt angry on many occasions in my life, but I can't quite look at it. I look a little bit angry, but not completely angry. Um, but I'm, I'm very glad I did because I don't have any lines on my forehead because of that. But again, I, you know the, these are tweaks. These are not, you see people with frozen foreheads. You see people with eyebrows like Mephisto. Um, any of these tweakments are only as good as the person who's holding the syringe. Um, I don't have a lot, but I just have enough to, I sort of scatter it across across my forehead. Um, the, the other thing, filler, I didn't, I, I did try filler and not, so brilliant i think you have to be really really careful with filler especially i've got a little bit of a chubby face really so i have to be massively careful with that but i use something called profilo profilo is like hyaluronic acid in the syringe i'm not paid to say this i have no association with them whatsoever it does work uh, but again you have to keep it up all these things are little and often um i um make sure that my old lady mark Let's call them sunspots because it sounds a lot better. I use IPL on those. I've had a really good course, went over my arms and my legs and areas which have been exposed, of course, to the sun and the elements. Um, and I've got a very light English skin. Uh, so I've what I do now is about every six months, I just go through and I, I go to the same person and she just zaps away and it does work. Again, do your research. There are so many machines out there, but you want one of the really good, strong machines that does the job. It won't burn you, it won't hurt you, but over time you will reduce your your sunspots. And these are all the little things that take away our bloom. And what we chase and what we look for in skincare and everything is to retain that bloom of youth. We know that our collagen is appearing, but, but retain the, and, and when we look back at old pictures, that that's what's disappeared um and it's that tightness of the skin Now we're never going to completely get that back we can't do that you, you know you can't completely turn back time um but what we want to be able to do is we just want to be able to arrest it and be look as good as we possibly can for as long as we possibly can and just be a good example of your age i think that's all any of us can ever ask for um and and it's not and No, but it's it's vain. It's well-being. To me, it's well-being. Because I tell you what, I don't know anybody who doesn't look in the mirror. And if you're having a good day and you're having a good hair day and you think, I've got my outfits on together and I've put some makeup on. Yeah, actually, you feel better. You feel more confident about life. And when I was going through my divorce, I remember... I had one of those duvet days, and I was lying on the floor, sobbing and blotting, and I was still in my pajamas. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. I rang my mum up, and and she obviously said, "She said, right, okay, then." She's like, "I can't get any sense out of you." She said, "Do me a favour. Says, get in the shower, have have a shower, wash your hair, blow dry your hair, put some makeup on, and ring me back." <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> so I did, and all of a sudden. I've got my wall paint on. I, I'm okay then, right? I, I can do this. I can fix this. I can, I can, I can go to that meeting. I can see that solicitor. I can speak to that accountant, and but I couldn't do it even sitting at home on the phone in my pajamas. It's not going to work.
1: I think that's brilliant practical advice, and and I do love actually personally the cathartic effect of having a shower. And washing your hair, and I've I've done that when when things have been bad, and you can almost visualize the the pain and the trauma and the misery and the unhappiness just just being unplugged from your body and being rinsed off down the drain. It's it's quite an empowering feeling. So, thank you for for, for sharing that and and reminding me of, of of that tip actually that, you know, you can you can try on a bad day, and I, I think you're right about the. Things like IPL and the lasers and the kind of skin tightening, I think they are gadgets that work. I, I, I certainly have used them on sunspots myself. I'm a big fan of LED. Obviously, lovely Lily has her mask. Oh, gosh, yeah. Which, oh, and I know you have a mask. My
2: mask. Oh, my goodness me. I am there. And anybody who hasn't seen the, the mask, I do look like a ninja. Um, and we all look like a ninja. But I. I, I remember, um, and this is the way the story goes, because I have been using the LED and the red lights in particular because they use a habit at the salon that I attend. And um, Dr. Weber has always talked to me about how how beneficial red light is for cell regeneration. And also, you know, if you've, if you've had any, any facials or something, it sort of calms everything down anyway. So I've been using it. And then I walk into your kitchen and I see this mask sitting there on your kitchen side and jump on it. What is this? As I, the words are coming out of my mouth, I actually know what it is. So I thought, that's it. My search is over because I had been looking at all. And there's so many on the market. And I, I bought this stupid one that they were advertising on Facebook. And it was £200 and it was useless honestly in the end i think i gave it to i can't even remember if i gave it to anybody i think i probably in the end chucked it in the bin um but but i know that i use it little and often and even my doctor said to me uh, my aesthetic um doctor said to me little and often is what you need he said i'm doing myself out of you know a job here but actually little and often so 20 minutes, 15 minutes a day, yeah. I've got that well, mask you, on.
1: You, you and me both. And yeah, it's, um, it's so great to yeah. chat. Honestly, I, I could sit and, and chat about life and times forever. Um, you, are, you have had a long and distinguished career in TV. You're still on our screens. The latest has been this amazing dance programme. That's that's. I mean, you love putting yourself out there, don't you? Because I mean, you've jumped out of helicopters and gone off, you know, bungee wires, and ice skated, and done the jump on on down ski slopes, and all of that. What What was it like to be involved in a, in a dancing program?
2: The real dirty dancing. I was during that on the very tip, the very edge, the very knife blade of my age of what you should, what is age appropriate. (laughs) I was, I was dangling by my fingernails of, is this age appropriate? Um, I, I, it's, it's it was a a crazy two weeks in the summer that, um, a whole load of us ended up dissecting the film, Dirty Dancing, putting it back together, acting out dancing and it was a sort of competition but it sort of wasn't two people were going to end up as johnny and baby at the very end so so all good television formats have to have a little bit of competition um i you know i i, I look back at it now and i think i did have the time of my life it's one of the funniest things i've ever done keith lerman is amazing um and made it made it you know they always say what's that a phrase was well, a fish rots from the head down whoever's at the top can make it either good or bad for everybody else and he made us all sparkle um a force of nature is the well,
1: man he, 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 as c- is certainly picked the right person to be part of the team and what next you've got this this great book i do highly recommend it if anybody has missed A mother's day present and you're looking for something it's great value it's 12.99 it's probably discounted on the online retailers it's called how to age well the secrets um what is next for you now have you got tv projects are you writing another book what's what's going on
2: the short answer is i don't know i don't know i live my life in this way i've been a Sort of in this business since I was about 26, a little bit before that, and something always just drops into my lap, and it's never failed me yet.
1: Oh well, I can't wait, and um, a massive thanks uh, for coming onto my little pod here and and for being. Uh, you know, professional as ever and, and sharing your insights. Masses of good luck with the book. And I can't wait to come back and see you All and right. give you a big hug in, in, yes. in real life.
2: Looking forward to seeing you as well. All right. Loads of love. Kisses. love Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Uh, Always such good value is our Anthe. Thank you very much indeed, my lovely friend, for joining us and sharing so much with great good humour and grace. Thank you. Now, Anthea did mention Sian Nix. She is the fab female founder of Chuckling Goat makes great kefir and more. And in fact, I recorded a podcast with her. If you would like to take a listen to that, it really is a good one. Very much about gut health, microbiome, her journey, how she helped various family members overcome serious illness by renewing their microbiome. And you'll find this... It's an episode in the archives of the Lizard Wellbeing Show. We actually recorded it in October 2020. So if you'd like to find it, simply head to my podcasts. And if you search Chuckling Goat, I'm sure you will find this. Now, Anthea also very kindly raved about my eldest daughter, Lily's cell return LED mask. And for those who don't know, this is the most powerful and very well-reviewed LED face mask on the market. It's medical grade, backed with lots of scientific evidence to support its efficacy. Hopefully you'd expect nothing less from my eldest who actually first started exploring LED light combined with near infrared light for pain relief as part of her chronic migraine and autoimmune disease journey. And while it hasn't been the complete answer for her, it certainly does help take the edge off as well as improving sleep when used on the red light setting. And of course, its main benefit being for plumping up the skin, improving collagen and elastin production, as well as reducing signs of sun damage and pigmentation. Well, if you'd like to take a look at the mask that both Anthea and I swear by, the website address is cellreturn.co.uk. And yes, it is a pricey bit of kit, but there is a handy 10% Liz Loves discount on everything on their website, including, I should say, the Hair Alpha Ray Helmet, which helps with hair loss. You just need to enter the slightly different code to some of the others. It's Liz Loves 21. the Cell Return gadgets. That's Liz Loves 21 all one word, to get 10% off everything at cellreturn.co.uk. I hope you don't mind me giving a shameless plug for Lily. And I'd like to say a big shout out for her because she not only struggles with extraordinary levels of pain all the time, but she's just back from a wonderful press launch that she's done over in Dubai, launching LED technology and beauty tech to the United Arab Emirates go Lily. That's all I can say to you. Well, that's about it for this week. Thank you so much for joining in and for tuning in. If you'd like to leave a comment, please do so. You're very welcome on all our social media channels. You'll find us on all the usual suspects, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, YouTube, even TikTok. Although I have to say TikTok is something that still confuses me, but my young team are very adept at uploading fun videos onto that channel. That's it from me for this week. Go well. Have a great week ahead. For now, bye bye.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.